yo, yo, we are here. This is like, I think it's like episode 13, I want to say. I can't really remember, but we are here. This is it. Uh, this is the moment. Uh, not not DJ drama, but this is the, uh, there's a song called My Moment. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to get too far into that. But we are here. This is it. This is another installment of the journey and uh, a lot has happened within the past few weeks and hopefully for the listeners that are um, involved I want to kind of apologize for the lack of management as far as wanting to um, include more into the kind of my pages and any blogs that I've created based off of this uh, podcast I've been doing sort of a social cleansing, so um, that's why I'm necessarily, for everybody who's been listening, I'm, I've mainly been on Snapchat, because I talk to a lot of people on Snap, but um, I've mainly been in a position of trying to ease my mind, be more socially aware. I told everybody that I'd be going back to um, um, to social media fully in effect um, hopefully before the end of August, but it looks like I'm gonna gradually like work my way back into it. Um, sometimes the consumption of social media can be inadvertently, um, effective in a way where it's like very, uh, negative and things of that nature. So ideally, you know, when I did this, it was kind of coming from a place of, of solitude, a place of reflection, a place of being able to detach myself from uh, um, a perspective of freedom, of bind, of, of of bondage, of being connected to being connected to, I would say, of technology. Let's put it that way, of social technology. The uh, idea of it, like I said before, is to really focus and harness and understand who, excuse me, and focus and understand why such things like this is very helpful and it's very healthy. And so far, I've been more focused, I've been more goal-oriented, um, things of that nature. Now, with that being said, transitioning into kind of my absence, ideally, Normally, I'd be really into, like, I won't say I'd really be, because I still am, um, would be into, like, searching topics, seeing what's trending and things of that nature, and, like, kind of finding the overall perspective of why we have these conversations. But um, as of late, because I've been um, really, I won't say sedated, because that definitely sounds like the wrong word, but heavily in tune with working and trying to, you know, find myself, um, trying to put myself in a position to be more than just somebody who just lounges around during the summer and then things of that nature been helping with my mother and her business and trying to build a corporate structure and various things of that nature. Uh, Just trying to continue to chisel myself into the person that I feel comfortable with because I'm I'm not, um, I'm not necessarily comfortable with my mind, body or soul. And so I'm still in the process of working on that 
And because of that, it's uh, very difficult to see what it is that I want to do as far as like my goals, my admirations and things of that nature. So now, with that being said, a lot, uh, it sounds trash, but I won't say that I didn't have some topics to talk about, but I will say that it might be hard to come across and figure out what it is that, well, where it is to start, let's put it that way, to, to find where it is to start with. Um, but as of late, Ava DuVernay's, um, Ava DuVernay's uh, Netflix uh, series, When They See It, just came out. My group chat's been talking about it. Um, the radio stations all over here have been talking about it. There's been a lot of, there's been a lot of spaz or um, frantic about how powerful this is. Um, but knowing who I am and knowing how in tuned I am with racial injustice and the, the, the injustice of my people, of African-American people, of black people, I still have yet to watch it. And here's why. One, it is an emotional, extreme, devastating sight to see. And this isn't to dis to to discredit what she did because I think these things are is needed. It's just it's almost like watching when we used to watch the roots when we were younger to kind of see <laughs> we used to watch the roots and you used to see where you kind of came from and what it is that you try to indulge yourself in and uh, and really understand the history of America and your people. Um, it was hard to watch because you couldn't believe the atrocities of this is your ans the, the ancestral lineage of when it started. But ideally, if you really look at the focus of it, that part of the history was only that part of that history. Like, it was part of that segment. There was no conversations about before that happened or before the transatlantic uh, slave trade. Before all that happened, there was no conversations. And so, when you are watching these things, you realize, like, this is how it began. It's like, no, this is just sadly a part of the history that's embedded in America. Um, but it, it still left me um, strength, I don't want to say strangling, but struggling to really understand that this wasn't us. I know there was something before us. I know there was something way before even us um, for something like that to happen. And uh, luckily for my family, from my immediate to my extended family, I had the opportunity to con to really look past slavery and understand that we were more than just that. We were technicians. We was ta we was tacticians. We were math mathematicians. We was all the 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 sheens you can possibly think of. Scientists. 
it was everything that we can possibly think of. And, you know, I'll probably say, looking back at it, those moments where we used to celebrate Kwanzaa during the um, during the wintertime and enjoying and hosting and programming and things of that nature really helped embed the, the, the African foundation of who we are as people. So um, just like her, her TV series, and like I said, this isn't necessarily a knock to discredit her because without her, there is no, there, not a lot of people realize that the Central Park Five is bad. And um, yesterday I was speaking to my mom's friend's son about it and, you know, speaking on how he felt that, you know, this is same. he was like, this is the same old shit that's always happened. It's like, I don't think you understand the magnitude of why this is pointed out, especially when you see the people that were involved in it. Um, and so granted, I do understand that historically speaking, this has always happened, but for these kids, for these boys, for these, these, these gentlemen that were their, 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 their livelihood, their childhood, their youth was taken away from them all because of a false accusation. In a, in, a, in a disgusting media uh, media um, misrepresentation. This is why it's important. But for me, there's, there's a fine line between displaying such atrocities and the involvement of PTSD. Because for somebody who has been harassed by the police, for somebody who has been, you know, mistreated in a, in a way where, you know, it was racially charged, it's hard to see that and think that it's okay, um, which kind of leads to my second point. It's like, as much as we need these movies, we have to continue to develop more movies that showcase us and not in no particular way of being in the future of like this is what we could be but there needs to be a like the way she developed that Netflix series she can do that she can do she can do a Netflix series and I hope she if there was ever a time she would ever hear this that would be super dope but she could do like a TV series of uh, of Mansa uh, or, uh, Mansa Musa you know one of the richest um, Africans in in the universe, you know, and seeing how he grew as wealth, seeing the existence that we came from somebody with that kind of lineage and things of that nature. It's just seeing these kind of atrocities is just hard because it's like, which actually now that I remember my my next point because we had I had this conversation um yesterday. It's disappointing how much people are latching on and feeling so devastated about what happened to these boys. I'm disappointed because it just shows to me, and I could be wrong. I could be in the position of uh, falsifying kind of how people feel. But to me, it just realized that people truly don't understand that racism 
will always and will ever exist as long as we allow it to exist. Because, you know, speaking with my friends on my group chat, one of them said that all this time that this was happening and they were going through this, was there not one functioning adult? And I think that's the difficult issue with racism. And in particular, when it comes to dealing with racist people and even people of color. Um, And it sounds kind of, I, I, I may sound distasteful, but for me, I'm starting to have a hard time being in the same framework as every other ethnicity and being grouped as people of color when um, just a couple days ago, right before I ended my Twitter, I didn't end it, I just deleted the app, but um, there's a, there was a clip floating around about this Asian lady and her uh, white boyfriend hosting um, African-American B&B uh, um, people and trying to figure out who's going to sleep where and then asked and, and then asked one of them, which one of you monkeys are going to sleep on the couch? And this is supposed to be somebody who we're supposed to group up with us and what we're going through. And then there's there's a level of Hispanic people, because there's been clips showing around where there's Hispanic folks searching and looking to beat up African-American people, especially by themselves. So it's like, I have friends from various ethnicities, from various cultures, from various genders, sexual, I, I, the whole, it's the whole plate that you can deal with. But it puts someone that's a deep intuitive thinker like myself, a rock in a hard place. Because at some point, and this kind of goes back to the whole interracial interracial relationships that I talked about in my second episode of my podcast. And was it second or third? I think it was second. Um, but I talked about how ideally what ends up happening for a lot of people when they deal with other races for so long and it doesn't work out, eventually they end up going back and serving their own community. And there's nothing absolutely wrong with that. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that because white people have been doing that for over centuries. And I'm not talking about 100 years. I'm talking about for like the 600 years. They've been serving their own people for years. So for us, and I had this conversation with one of my indigenous friends about wanting to search for a black therapist, and she was explaining that the experience that the black therapist may not be the same as what you experience all because the person is black. And I feel like, I strongly feel like, as a matter of fact, I don't strongly feel like, I strongly know with factual evidence that it's proven I mean, there's there's research that's out there, and the, the 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 subjects may not be the same between teaching teaching kids versus counseling people, but the concept is still the same. <clears throat> there's research that that proves that's out there 
that when black kids see a black teacher, regardless if it's male or female, they are more prone to succeeding and excelling than they would ever have with any other ethnic counterpart that is teaching. I promise you, for one, I, I, I keep lacking on this because I keep meaning to give this information out to you guys because I want this to be as important to to me as it is, uh, well, to you as it is for me. But the, 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 the research is out there. It's proven. So for me, there's no other way around how therapy is the same thing. Therapy is about getting the the person who is going through the therapeutic sessions to be comfortable. And so when you're comfortable, it allows a space of vulnerability, a space of self-reflection, a space of openness. But for me, I necessarily cannot feel the same if I were to speak about what I'm going through in my mind and what's been bothering me to somebody that who is of white, um, ethnicity who's who's uh you know who is a white person i i personally cannot indulge myself in that kind of rhetoric only because of the fact that it just wouldn't make sense to put myself in a space of of vulnerability it's just not going to happen and that's part of the reason why when it comes to race it gets so fluctuated because we, at the end of the day, a lot of it has to surround itself by being comfortable. And we're back. Had to take a short break, an interlude. Had to uh, uh, gather myself for the second part of this, or well, the second segment. But continuing on the previous um, conversation uh, in the last segment, that's excuse me. That's part of the reason why there needs to be more research upon race. There needs to be more conversations with race. There's got to be. We have to continue because we are the only country in this world that has more of a diverse group of people than any other country in this world. So when we think about how do we mesh with each other in things of of that nature, a lot of it has to do with the prejudices. A lot of it has to do with the race. A lot of it has to do with classism, which is basically racism. Um, a lot of the things that we deal with in America all derives from racism. It all does. Every every single thing that we do as far as discrimination, all of it derives from the very core essence of racism. And so, and I guess it's part of the reason why this movie, to kind of circle back into it, that's part of the reason why this movie is important because as disappointing as it is for people to finally see that these things do exist, that these things are real, and that, sadly, they're still happening, 
the the problem now becomes where do you go from there do you start to realize how to fight the system do you start to put yourself in a position that will allow you to be a better citizen of the world like what is it going to take for people to realize or understand that we have the power to overthrow the government we have the power to overthrow the the people and which oddly enough kind of transitions into the next part of this segment where a lot of the things that we are dealing with from a national level to a regional level to a local level a lot of it kind of pertains with leadership leadership and i think in my humblest opinion is only because there's people you can make into leaders but you can tell the difference between somebody who is a makeshift leader and a natural born leader there's people in this world that are natural born leaders that don't necessarily have to sit there and force their way into doing something that they want to do and that's also the reason why there's a difference between you know um because when i was uh working with my mom i was thinking about you know oh we should have project managers and things of that nature but then i had sat down i was reading a book and i've been on my book thing for like a couple um for like since the beginning of this year i got like several books that i have so far i got john c maxwell's five levels of leadership and the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership and things of that nature so i got that uh it's a lot of stuff that teaches you about it. But one of the things that I kind of took out so far, because I haven't finished the book, because there's a couple books I need to finish first. But um, one of the things I took away from it so far, and I think the one that really stuck with me the most, is that leaders, when you are a leader, that means you are in a position of adaptability. You are in a position of change. You are in a position of growth. You are constantly moving. And even in that last part, constantly moving, constantly putting yourself in a position to be successful as a leader. That's why there's a difference between leaders and managers. Managers, basically, there's a, there's a sustainability. Um, you're sustaining a certain amount of things to, to be at a, a, a manageable pace. Um, it's stagnant. It's, it's stale. Like A lot of things that comes with management, you are at a very low level playing field you know you're not really changing you're not really going up and down and things of that nature which is why sometimes managing things can be quite more difficult because at the end of the day ultimately you're not in a position of adaptability you're not in a position of change because everything you want to be is consistent and sometimes and not just sometimes this life that we live is just inconsistent and so in reading upon the book this week, I definitely think that there's people out in this world, and that's kind of the things that we have to understand and deal with that. The things that we are seeing is because it's a leadership issue. Um, and helping one of my mother's residents clean, there was a professor I didn't um, didn't realize that uh, there's a, uh, I was talking to the professor of the, the, the homeowner him and uh, her wife. Her wife is the, the one with the doctorate. 
And she was explaining that there's been plenty of research. And I'll use my city, for example, because that's what we were talking about. She explained that there's been plenty of research on how to, you know, what the problems in the city of Milwaukee is, why these problems are happening in the city of Milwaukee. Like, these things are here. We've been doing it for, like, hundreds and hundreds of years. The, uh, the problem becomes, at what point do we implement them? And when we have a hard time trying to implement leadership, that's when it becomes difficult. So then we have to sit here and, and think about, okay, how do we how do we give the ability to lead people to become better themselves, but also lead ourselves to becoming better in our um in our own way? And there is a clip on a TEDx talk that I will uh, play for you guys by uh, Lars Sudman and. He kind of even talks about the, a lot of the things that we see, especially when it comes to being great leadership. A lot of it has to do with the the inner or the self leadership of developing themselves. So I will play this clip, and this should uh, help make sense. Oh, wait, got an audio problem. Jesus. Um, give me just one second, people. Leadership in Utopia? Would we even need leadership in Utopia? Here we go. Sorry about that. Here we go. Good afternoon. Today I want to share with you my leadership utopia. And... When I was discussing this with a friend of mine, he was asking, leadership in utopia? Would we even need leadership in utopia? Isn't utopia finally the place and the moment where we can get rid of all of these leaders and live free? Well, I don't know. I think in a utopia, there will be humans, hopefully. And if there are humans, there will hopefully still be social beings as well. And whenever there are Social beings, they come together as well and form sometimes groups, sometimes organizations as well. And when there are these organizations, then I think the words of Peter Drucker are true. Only three things happen naturally in organizations. Friction, confusion, and underperformance. Therefore, you don't need anything, but everything else requires leadership. So I do think also in Utopia, we should look at a leadership. But the question is, what kind of leadership? Should we look at the hero model of leadership, where the shining star is the ideal person? I don't know. Today I want to explore with you a different kind of leadership. And for this, I want you to do a little thought experiment. Think about the best leader you have ever worked with. Take a couple of seconds. Think about that person. What did he or she do, say, and so on? Now, all of you will have experienced other people, but I would dare to say, I don't think you will have things like, well, you know, the way that person yelled at me in the morning, that was excellent. That was, that was just brilliant, the way. And I wanted to always have more. Probably not. Probably that person would have done different things. 
And I want to explore that together with you. Now, I do think leadership is an interesting thing, and sometimes it's over-glorified, but whenever you, you become a leader, and I had the chance to lead small teams, large organizations, non-profit, profit organizations, whenever you become a leader, you have like a rendezvous with reality. Leadership is a bit like parenting. Right? You have all these visions and ideas what you will do, and then you're in the moment. And then what I would call the leadership problem formula kicks in. And probably the people you have thought about just a second ago have mastered this formula. What does that formula look like? Every leader and every of you who has ever been in a leadership position might have faced these challenges. I think every leader faces the leadership problem formula, and that goes TLT times people times power. First one is TLT, which for me stands for too little time. There's just not enough time to do things, and you can't pass it around, or somebody will take care of it. No, it's you, and then you need to do something. And what many people then fall back in is what I would call the headless chicken syndrome. They run around and say, oh, no, no, you do that, you do that, you do that, you do that. And that might then not be the greatest leadership. Then comes as well people. All leaders have to deal with people. And for me, I'm always reminded of my very first official leadership position more than 10 years ago. So I would have my first direct reports and the first direct report was coming into the room and I had it all lined up. I had the vision, I had the team spirit, I had the story to tell, basically. And that was a very assertive young gentleman who came to me and said, Lars, that's all nice, but I have a question for you. Actually, I studied the email policy of the company. And you know, I have a motto I live by, and I always include this, and I have this for the past five years, I always include this in my email signature. Can I do this as well in this company? And there was, with all my stories and with all my vision and so on, I was like, what? Is that what leadership is all about? So I was studying the manuals for two hours and so on. Finally, we said, okay, let's go ahead with this one. But everybody who's ever lead will see like it's not always about the glorious and shiny things. It's all about the little things, the little discussion that we have to do. The last element is power. And that's an interesting one. There's a very interesting study done at the University of Berkeley in 98. And they brought in random students and selected them randomly in groups of three. And from these groups of three, two of them had to do a two-hour assignment. And one of them was randomly... Yep, another segment. Um had to uh, take another break because it's about my time to eat things of that nature but just in that last video and I'll upload the link on the page to talk it'll give you more in depth about what leadership is but that whole notion when he was explaining was just that And kind of like the overall message to kind of like wrap it up together. It's just like a lot of leadership is just in the essence of adaptability. You know, when you look at the development of yourself, are you capable of adapting? Are you capable of changing? Are you capable of growth? Are you capable of putting yourself in a position to allow you to see the vision of being successful? You know, what is what does that look like as far as wanting to kind of expand on who you are as a person 
And so that's why for me this is, you know, an important thing that that has to happen. You know, it's important to understand why this is a uh a why a lot of the things that we are dealing with as American people is happening um, as far as a negative a negative perspective if you want to put that way um, you look at your own communities there are leaders who do it for themselves well you wouldn't really call them leaders because if they do it for themselves then they're selfish but then there's people who have an ulterior motive and then there you know you actually have the leaders and like I said I will put the link up above and things of that nature but kind of moving right along from but the notion of, of leadership and uh excuse me things of that nature the uh you can actually call I would say well I won't say call but you can actually kind of see or I won't say even see I would say you can you can actually call what the uh, kind of what the, the illustration of what being a leader is and kind of what that that looks like you know because there's an article based uh, from um, blackenterprise.com that kind of goes further into it. I will also put this. Um, it's kind of um, by Alfred Edmund Jr. But uh, Justin Key talks about a limitless mindset of a servant leadership. Uh, actor, author of Mind Control, entrepreneur, and speaker, day four, founder of Mindset Management Group. Uh, just kind of, kind of go through and things of that nature but the interview he gets kind of talks about uh, he, he talks basically about like his success and his model of being you know basically his past having to define what it was that um, has happened to him and things of that nature but there's several there's various examples of of leaders and leadership that express you know of uh, kind of what it takes to really go over and beyond and, and change the landscape of what the position they're in now I'm, I'm sorry to say but I'm kind of taking shots here but Magic Johnson on the court was leader but off the court when he was in the front office but I don't even think that was his fault. I'm actually take that back. It wasn't even his fault because you had somebody like Jeannie Buss, who was the owner of the organization, and you can tell that a lot of that has to do with the lack of keeping power. Because this is the first time that we've dealt have seen LeBron really not have a lot of power because he's always had power in these managerial spaces and stuff and whatnot, but he never really had that kind of power. But um But yeah. Leadership, racism. A lot of the things that we talked about today are 
mutually inclusive of each other. They they aren't separate. They aren't their own entity. They're not this facade of a. I don't even know what you necessarily would call it. They're not in this position. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> I thought I had to sneeze. Um, they're not necessarily in a position. Um, I'm trying to. My bad. I, I excuse me because I thought something was running across the floor, but I was like, no, nothing's running across the floor. But part of of provide or ask it. I'll figure it out I apologize because that's definitely um, inconsiderate and not professional but I just can't get my train of thought together but uh, kind of with that being the case uh, I definitely want to continue developing this um i will definitely start to continue to be more active on my social media because i need to um kind of revisiting what my goal is for this podcast i'm trying to make this where everybody who listens to it has an opportunity to put their two cents in the podcast i want this to be a more of a community outreach i want this to be more of a space in which we can have a conversation so if you have any questions if you have any comments, if you have any concerns, or even if you want to make a statement, I want this podcast to be that space. I want that to be the position of of openness and expressing who we are as people, what we do, and things of that nature. I want it to be where we can all come in society and, and that's kind of what I um, um, talked about it's kind of like the whole main objective of the podcast you know it was created for dialogue of discourse um, from sports to entertainment various ideas from different perspectives allow the ability to expand conversations on training topics this will allow us to bring an array of people together who may not particularly agree on what we're talking about, but a lot of it will give the purpose of dialogue to take place. Um, which I now realize that I used the wrong word. It's supposed to be discourse. There's, there's big D discourse and there's little D discourse. If I'm not mistaken, I have to look back at all my notes that I had, but I'm pretty sure that's what that means. Uh, so with that being said, um, I will see you guys next week. I will definitely have way more topics. I will definitely have way more conversations. Um, We'll start to incorporate more people and interviews and things of that nature. Um, This has just been a growing process, and I appreciate those who are listening. And those who haven't listened yet, I would appreciate if you just kind of listen and follow. Scott, and I almost forgot. I was going to log out and forget my shout-out. Shout-out to my mom. uh, who basically she was helping me get some of my things for my birthday. She uh, definitely helped me upgrade my, my my equipment for my podcasting, so I don't have to use my um, just my regular headphones anymore. I'm actually have like a whole system set up. <clears throat> um, I want to sh- take a shout out to my brother, especially my older brother. He just transitioned into his new lifestyle, moving out on his own. 
and things of that nature. Super proud of him. My younger brother, he's still striving and things of that nature. I want to take a shout out to my friend Sean, who is, you know, just being a good person, being out there, just keeping his head on straight. I want to shout out to everybody who is trying to just make a way, who's trying to find themselves, who is trying to keep themselves together. Um, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it's, uh, June is Pride Month, so um, happy Pride Month to everybody. Today is Pride Fest in Milwaukee. It's should be down in Summerfest if I'm not mistaken so that's going on today um shout out to oh shout out to my good friend Jennifer she is out in California if you are listening to this you can do this you got this I know exactly how you feel having to travel move out shout out to uh yeah I'm just yeah shout out to everybody shout out to all the Apple uh, the, po- the Apple podcast listeners uh, Spotify listeners um all the streaming platform listeners if you listen to this podcast and anything of that nature uh, shout out to you guys uh, I will make an announcement I think before the end of next week uh, about changing the name because I realized that the uh, name that I have as far as the the intro of this not intro but the beginning of this uh, podcast is a bit uh, jaded I almost say jaded it's not even jaded it's just the same it's too it's too vanilla it's too vanilla it's too plain I'm, i gotta find something more distinctive something that you can actually go out and look and research for like you can you can actually type it in i'm the first person up so i gotta figure out that um so hopefully before the end of next week i'll kind of have an announcement put it on the the page there is a there is a page if you're on facebook there is a page um, I'm in development of making a Twitter. I do also have an Instagram, but I think I kind of junked with the Instagram one all because I didn't think it was going to connect it to my personal one. So I think I might end up having to make an entirely new page for my uh, my Instagram one. So the the journey for now, I'm put those around quotes, will be on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are on um, Anchor as the app. Please download the app if you want to be more interactive with other um, podcasts. If you want to interact with me, uh, uh, and if you have any questions about doing that, because I sometimes forget to tell people like how to do it. So if you want to be more interactive with the podcast, all you gotta do is download the Anchor app. Once you download the Anchor app, it's, it's much better on your phone. Do not do it on a tablet or a uh, or an iPad. I don't know why, but it, it'll have you wanting to create an actual podcast, so don't do that. So it's better to do it off your phone. Um, just put, I want to listen to it. Just kind of write, type in your email and stuff and whatnot. It's just, these are just specific security parameters that they do, so I don't know why they make you do it, but they just make you do it. Um, put those things together. Um, so then once you do that, you just type in my my full name, my full name, not just my first and last name, because you'll find a whole nother person. Uh, well, you'll find me, but I'm not making my podcast. But uh, but type in my whole name, D A R R. I have two R's, N E L L. That's two L's. Antoine, A N T W A N. Welch, like the grape juice. W E L C H. Um, once you type in there, I should be the first one up. There should be a picture of a robe with a mountain in the back. It should be called the Journey. Um, click that favorite it and then all of a sudden now you have not only you have the ability to subscribe you're subscribing to me but you're also 
you also have the ability to kind of chime in or speak about um, anything that you want to do and stuff and whatnot. You can just uh, press the message button, and then from there, it gives you an opportunity to like send a message. I can answer those messages throughout the podcast, which I kind of want to do. I want to try to. I'm I'm trying to become more interactive with you guys. Um, you just gotta give me some time. Still trying to figure out this content thing, but um, I'm not giving up. I'm not failing you guys because eventually this will become big. This will be a huge thing. I want this to be for everybody and things of that nature. So with that being said, I'm about to, I'm logging out. I'm about to enjoy my Saturday. Um, there really ain't no sports because I missed yesterday's debacle of a game because Kawhi is whipping ass on the Golden State Warriors just by himself. Steph Curry clearly can't do it by himself. Um, and KD, I, I just did. Golden State needs to figure it out. Let's put it that way because I think this might go to game seven. I still feel that way. But Golden State needs to figure it out because this is looking ridiculous. Y'all down 3-1. Y'all, y'all need Jesus at this point. But um, I'll try to add in more other segments too and so um, just kind of like having this kind of discourse, having sports segments and things of that nature and talking about like why the the way we view things as far as sports and things of that nature. So, um, but other than that, you guys have a blessed morning. And like I said, before I log off, I will leave you guys with a prayer because I'm going to start doing this more often. And and I want to give this to to you guys. I'm gonna kind of give this to um, to you. I'll kind of go with the uh, the morning prayer. So, uh, dear Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son Jesus Christ overcame death and opened us to the gate of everlasting life, grant that we who celebrate the joy of the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord who gives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit one God now and forever in the name of uh, excuse me in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So you guys just um, just uh, just stay safe if you uh If you pray, don't worry. If you worry, then pray. Till next time, I'll see you later.